0: of Pastor Edwin Cologne and the leadership of the Recovery House Church of Brooklyn. I want to welcome everyone. First timers, some timers, and all the members. Amen. Welcome. Um, we are at the end of a series, I would guess. You know, Pastor Edwin will be preaching tomorrow. I don't know where what your plans are for tomorrow, but I want to encourage you to change them. To change them and be here for either the 10 a.m. or the 12 noon service. Um, you got to show up to grow up. If you want God to do his part, you got to be willing to do your part. Amen. And, um, I encourage you tomorrow. Um, he's been away for a week. He's been seeking the Lord's face. He's been pressing in, you know, he's probably going to have to wear a veil tomorrow. Amen. Like Moses, praise the Lord. So I want to encourage you to show up. Um, I've been assigned to do the fifth of Christ's last words, the fifth. And um, for those who, who haven't been here, amen, um, they're, they're on the wall. The creative team has done a great job. Um, how, how many were here for yesterday? Pastor Gus, amen? Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Praise the Lord, amen? I, I was not able to be here, and um, but I, I felt the anointing from this place. All the way in Staten Island over there. Amen. Praise. I felt, I'm, I'm not lying. I felt the anointing. I had to borrow some of that anointing. Amen. That was on Pastor Gus's life. How I many know he was a woman? Listen. Richie C. always says that champions play hurt. And Pastor Gus came last night in the power of the Holy Spirit. And he played hurt. And God moved in a powerful way. Amen. Praise the Lord. So so I'm very grateful to, and encounter kind of the honor and the privilege to be here. Um, I'm preaching on... Jesus, when he says, I thirst, I thirst. And um, it's, very, it's very interesting when you think about these words. Um, prior to this particular situation in John, right, um, he was offered some water with some gall in it, Mark says with some myrrh in it, and, um, and he declined. And the drink that was offered to him was like a little... Uh, anesthesia, a little, you know, so, so he could uh, not feel all the pain that he was getting ready to go through, and he declined. And um, at this particular time in the scripture, which we're going to read it in a moment, um, he says, I thirst. And, and, and Jesus doesn't say anything else about when, when they put their crown of thorns on his head, when they're flying. There's no other time where you see any type of what could be a complaint or, you know, or, or crying, you know, he just, until this portion of scripture, amen. And We're going to talk a little bit about that and we're going to pray and, and uh, I just hope that you came to allow God His way. I hope you didn't come just to do church, you know um, And uh, so while we stand as we read God's word as His custom in this church, amen and uh, the word of God reads as such. Amen. I'll read it to you. Amen. John 19 verses 28 and 29. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished, and so that Scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. Amen? You may be seated. May God bless the reading of his word. Th- that's my Scripture that I'm going to be uh, talking to you about um, let me just give you, I know you guys know it, but he's been betrayed, right? His, one of his main boys betrayed him with a kiss. I don't know if you've ever been betrayed by someone you trusted and loved. He's been betrayed. Um, he wrestled and went through uh, some inner turmoil. He went through, the, 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 what happened in Gethsemane really always moves me. It moves me a lot. It continues to move me. It's one of those scriptures that it just doesn't leave me alone, that, that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords wrestled, he struggled. There was something going on. When he even said, if there's another way for this to go down, if, if there's another way, if we can have a, if there is a plan B, he says. check take out what he said. Yet not my will, that's what he says, that your will be done. And as he's wrestling and, you know, he's sweating, he's sweating blood and he's going through, the, you know, one of the worst agonies that, that a person can go. And, and his main boys, you know, he's hanging out with sleepy soldiers. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if you ever hanging around with sleepy soldiers. You know, um, there, you know we, there was a fight, a rumble, for those who have ever been in a gang, right? There was a rumble set up, and it was established, and the rules of the rumble was established, and soldiers didn't show up to fight. And, um, and I don't know if you've ever been in that type of circumstance actually, where, where, you, where your boys ain't even got your back, that your main three, your main, I'm talking about your main main. This, you know, they ain't got your back, right? And so he's going through this, and he's being flogged, and he's been whipped, and he's been punched in the face. He's been mocked, you know. And, and, and you know, as it says in, in the Scripture, you know, so, that, so that Scripture can be fulfilled, John talks about three specific prophecies being fulfilled, and I'm not going to get into all that. But if you show up to one of the Bible study courses that we teach, that we have here, you can learn more about fulfilled prophecy, why prophecy is so important. And, and it's very important that you learn these things, um, I got 30 minutes and I can't teach you about fulfilled prophecy. But there's three particular fulfilled prophecies that is important for you to know. And one is, of course, that they gave him vinegar to drink, right? The psalmist talks about that. The other one, very important, is that no bone was broken in his body. They, 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 they hit him in the side with a spear, right? And it's important that, you, you know, you understand these fulfilled prophecies. So, and so there's another one, and, and, and it's, you know, interesting to me. I, I wish I could get into it, you know what I mean? But um, it says here that they gambled for his robe. And, um, yeah, man, I have a whole thing stirred up in my spirit about them gambling, you know, for his robe. And, you know, they're losing out on their lives, you know. And, um, and so there's three specific prophets that are being fulfilled here. And um, I, I encourage you, if you have not signed up for Christian education in the Recovery House of Brooklyn, <clears throat> sign up for Christian education. Learn the word of God. Don't be one of those people in the seat right now wondering what even a prophecy is. Is he going to explain it? No, I'm not. <laughs> show up for Christian education. Amen? So, so there's prophecies being fulfilled here, and I'll just give you a short of it. Foretold. There was things foretold. Before crucifixion was, even existed, they said the Messiah would be crucified, right? And so stuff is being foretold. We can't even get the weather right today with all the technology we have, right? The weather is twisted and years and years and years in advance they foretold the things coming that would prove he was messiah he was the king of kings and the lord he was who he said he was right and so so he's so he's there and and everybody of course he's thirsty he probably had hasn't had a drink since the last supper right and not only has he had not had a drink he's been beaten he's been you know going through he's hung on a cross and then there's a bunch of other people that got nothing better to do. Was it a cross? Was it a stake? Was it a stick? Whatever it was, he died on it for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, what? Why was the sign of the cross? Poppy, relax. The royal blood was shed at Calvary so that your sins could be atoned for. And you're worrying about was it a T or an I? Come on. Don't let the devil play you like that for a sucker. Can I, I hope I can say suck in this church. All right? Okay. <laughs> All right. So so it doesn't matter if it was a tea or a steak. What matters is that that he was crucified so that you and me can be at Our sins can be washed away. He paid a high price because we chose to live a low life. Right? And so so he's on the cross and he says, I thirst. And now this is a physical thirst. We all know it's a physical thirst. Um, He's thirsty. And the second time they offer him, he accepts it now in mark mark throws a little switch in there where they mock jesus and mark they say oh maybe 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 they could come and get saved now maybe the angels will come now no, no he the, and the first the first drink that he refused was it was an anesthesia the second drink was was uh, cynically to prolong the pain he was going through so that he can live a little bit longer suffer a little bit longer and he said yes let me get it and so, so there's this, you know, these two dreams. One he rejects because he wants to feel. And, and let me tell you this: why that he had to feel the pain? Why he had to go through the suffering? Why the shame? Why the betrayal? Why the darkness? Why the, the last seven statements? Why, why would he say, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? Why, in, in history, it seems somehow, some way, in these last seven words, that, that, that God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit have been together for all eternity. They've been together since the beginning of being. They lived outside of, of, of what was cre- of creation, so they always have been. And, and so for the first time, for the first time, I don't even know, maybe Pastor Edwin can't even explain I don't even know if we have a scholar in this church that can explain that for the first time in all of eternity, God turns his face from God. That the wrath of all our sins are upon the cross. That, 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 that the torment of hell is on the cross and, 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 you know, if I want to mess with this, if I had time, we could play with this a little bit. But if you think about Lazarus and a rich, uh, a rich man, and, that, and then, you know, the, Lazarus is hanging out with Abraham at the side. Abraham is he's right by Abraham. And the, the rich man, he's in hell. And, and he has a thirst that only hell can bring about. And he, he says, Jesus, can you please have Lazarus just give me a drop of water, just, just a drop of water. Right? And so so i think that that's part of the thirst that jesus is experiencing also that the that that he bore our sins on the cross that our wrath was became his wrath and you know the whole story right he took him, our sins upon him and he gave us his imputed righteousness right and so so now he, he's doing no so this is the i thirst he, he's you this is crazy another, another crazy thing that he's a hundred percent god and he's a hundred percent man now, this is stuff like, you know, LSD people are like, wow, dude, wow. That's, you know, whoa. You know? Because he's, he's the God, man. He's 100% God. He left glory, and he's 100% man. And, and it's important that you get that. It's important that you understand that he felt every time they punched him. That he felt every time they whipped him. That he felt the agony of that kiss. That he knew it was coming, but, you know, you some, my, my mother had cancer, and I knew she was going to die. And I prayed, and she was saved, and and I knew it was coming, but even though I knew it was coming, it still hurt when it happened. And he knew it was coming, and they came, and he kissed him, and he betrayed him with a kiss. And so so my, my point was that he felt that. He was 100. The Bible says that he was tempted in every way, yet was still obedient unto death. So, so I want you that I thirst is, is to let you know that, that, that he, was a, he was human. There was a human part of him, and he was feeling everything. And every. And so now, can you receive a love like that? Because really, what we're doing here, what, what, what come as Worship is doing here, we're here to let you know that the last seven statements were said so that you can be set free. So, so that, that you can be your sin. A, let me flip it for you now. He, he's talking about a physical thirst, but he had this physical thirst. And he went through this physical suffering. And he went through this emotional pain and his agony and his warfare that he went through so that you don't have to suffer spiritually no more, so that your spiritual thirst can be quenched. Now, that, that's what this all about. He, he, he said, I am thirsty. And he, and he, and listen, nobody took his life. He's, Jesus was a thug. I know you, everybody like wearing moccasins, but he, if he was working, he would have Timberlands on all right he he was a he was a gangster he said he said listen nobody takes my life i lay it down i lay my life down because i i love the drug addict i love that suicidal person i love that prostitute i love that woman that's getting beat up by her husband and he's calling it love i love that because he loves us so so, he went, so, he, so these seven statements, you know, they, they, they point to a picture of a God, and this is ignorant people. And maybe there's an ignorant person here, and let me free you from your ignorance. Ignorant people don't know nothing about Christianity. And, and they say stuff like, oh, you believe in the Bible? Oh, I don't believe in the Bible. And then the next question would be, well, have you ever read the Bible? Have you ever read the Bible? The Bible. Not a portion and most people say no I've never read the Bible no not not in completion well how can you not believe something you've never read in completion that's one thing the second thing is people say how can you how can you serve how can you live how can you devote yourself to a punishing God How, how come on man like like who wants a punishing God how would anybody in their right mind Give their lives and devote that. How can Pastor Edwin say no to a six-figure job, let go of his job, do whatever he does? For, for a guy, a punishing God? why would you do that? Because you're ignorant and you don't understand the gospel. We don't serve a God that's punishing. We serve a God that took the punishment for us. He took the punishment for us. We serve a God Now I, I don't know if you get this, but he went, he, he went to the cross for you and me. He, he went through this stuff that we're talking about that words even devalue it. Our sermons cheapened what he went through. And so he went through this suffering. He wasn't, because he loves you. You know, he was separated from God. God was separated from God. And then, and man, and some of us know what that's like. Some people here, maybe one or two, you, you've been down and out. You had no hope. You was desperate. You was lost. Your mother wanted nothing to do with you. The police didn't want to arrest you because you smelled so bad. You couldn't do nothing. Man, and, and somehow, someway, he came in like a flood. He sent some crazy person to come minister to you. He sent your uncle. Got, I got a cousin that got saved for three days just to come minister to me. And then he went back to the world. Three days he got saved. You, you guys know who he is, a cousin. I'm not going to break his anonymity, praise it all. All right. So, so anyway, so, so he said, I thirst. So he's going through this physical thirst. And, and listen, you, you ever, like anybody here, check it out. Listen to me. Anybody here hungry right now? Hungry? You're hungry, right? Oh, my son raised his hand. He's, I'm not buying him dinner. But <laughs> right, check it out. You know. Now, now, as I say, as I say, anybody here hungry, when I talk about being hungry, maybe you had no thought about being hungry. And now I'm bringing to forefront, like, man, I didn't eat. What's the last time I hey? I think the preacher's preaching good now. You know? I'm hungry. I just realized I'm hungry. You see what I'm saying to you? And so he says, I thirst, oh I am thirsty. So maybe me and you could wake up and say, yo, maybe you're thirsty too. Maybe you've been thirsty for 40 years. And maybe you've been drinking from a cup of alcohol, a cup of lust, a cup of sex, a cup of food, a cup of gambling, a cup of power, whatever cup. and, And the more you drink, the more thirsty you somehow you become. And maybe he's saying, I'm thirsty. So maybe you can wake up and snap out of your spiritual coma and realize that you're thirsty and i don't know if you understand what i'm saying but man we have a the definition of thirst right i got i got simple ones and i got difficult ones i don't look up greek and hebrew i leave that to pastor edwin cologne he's going to seminary right he's going to seminary and when they invited me i thought it was a cemetery so i said no you know what i mean i heard the wrong word he's going to seminary he's getting a degree he's studying hard Like he's doing his thing greek and hebrew i'm sure i'm still trying to learn english you know what i mean so so yeah, so you got a pastor here that, that's making moves, that, that's seeking God on different levels so that you can get fed good. So that when you go out there to fight demons, you have the word of God and the sword of the spirit. You can slap some demons upside the head. You can rebuke your mother's demons, your aunt's demons. You know, you're getting taught the word of God up in this church. So when he says, I, you know, thirst, th- check it out. Simply, a thirst is a sensation of dryness in the mouth. And throat, and the throat caused, you know, to dry up and needing liquid, right? Simple stuff. A crave to drink accompanied by a feeling of old dryness in the mouth and throat. Now, that's just, that's thirst. He's, he's thirsty. He just, he's just thirsty. He, just, he needs a drink, right? Now, I don't know if he needed a drink. He just said he's thirsty, so maybe you could think you're thirsty. Remember, you're thirsty, right? And so they gave him the vinegar, and that's cool and dandy and, you know, But now check it out. There's another definition of thirst that I want you to look at. This is is the one that I like. It says, a strong or eager desire, a craving. Some of the synonyms for craving is to lust. So a craving could be a lust. And James says, every man, every worship leader, every church planter, every pastor, every deacon, every elder, every man, every woman in the church. Is drawn away by his own lust, his own craving, his own now now lust. Don't got to be sexual. You can lust for power. There's people in the church that can't see Jesus because they're lusting for a position in the church. Now I know this is are Sunday and we ain't got nobody like that. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. All right. And so so it could be a, a you know a lust, a lust for power, a lust for you know sexual lust. There's, there's a, 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 one of the words I thought would be great for this church was the munchies. I didn't make it up. Dictionary definition, craving and the di- munchies. I said, wow, they love that one. You know what I mean? All right. So, praise the Lord. So, it's, it's a, I got it. Thank you, Lisa. So, it's a yearning, a yearning. You have a year, you know, a yearning, a need. Another definition is hurting. When you're craving, you're hurting. Synonyms, right? And, of course, thirst and longing. And so, so I want to I just say to you, as, as my time is, it dwindles down, that Jesus said, I thirst, and he had a physical thirst, and, and, and he had every, every reason to thirst because of what he, the torment he just went through for me and you. But now I want to flip it on you, and I want to say that you thirst. And, and, and you know the, how the, the Jesus said, you know, uh, Father, why have you forsaken me? And, and he felt the separation. We, it's a shame that he went through that separation so me and you don't have to be separated. But so many people choose to, be, to stay separated. And that separation, it, it, it gives birth to a craving. It gives birth to a longing. It gives birth to a yearning. It, it, that craving, that separation from God that everybody is born with, right, creates an emptiness, a vacuum, a void. And we begin to thirst and long. And we think if we had the right parents, if we had, you know, we, we begin to justify and rationalize. Well, if my mother loved me or my father loved me, man, I know people who grew up in perfect homes that you would imagine, like the stuff I thought if I would have had, I wouldn't be this twisted. I know people who grew up with great parents and, and, you know, grew up in a church and grew up affirmed and loved. And, and you know, and, and they still, listen, you can never escape the curse in Genesis chapter 3. No matter who loves you or do, who doesn't love you. And so, so there's a thirst. There's this emptiness that, that we all have. And, and, and many of us understand that, yo, there's been something missing. And, and, and the religion doesn't work. Because people think, oh, I'm going to go to church. Church can't can satisfy your thirst. You come to church, and if, you, if you're blessed to come to a Bible-believing or Bible-preaching, they'll point you to the only one that can satisfy your yearning, that can satisfy your longing. The only one, it's not a sermon, it's not a church, it's not a denomination, it's not a pastor, it's not, listen, it's Jesus the Christ. It's Jesus the Christ. It's a relationship, it's a a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and at this point, I want to talk to you about a thirsty woman. Now, now this is a serious sermon, but I have a lot of good illustrations that won't be so good because it won't be, you know, but there are a lot of thirsty people out there, right? And you could tell they're thirsty, but how, you know, they're just thirsty. And so, but there was a thirsty woman, a Samaritan woman at the well, right? And I'm not, I don't got time, but they got the scripture up there. I'm not going to go through it all. But I'll I in, in John chapter 4, I'm standing in John, in John chapter 4, right, Jesus goes into this place and he goes, he goes by a well, right? And, and, and in my mind, I'm, I'm preaching, he's waiting at the well. He's with, he, he knows she's coming. Exactly. He knows she's coming. He knew you were coming. He knew you were going to be in that jail cell. He knew you were going to be in that state of depression. He knew you were going to be in that meeting. He knew you were going to be on that bus. On that. He knew. He knew. And he's the God that waits. That waits because he loves you. And so he's sitting by the well and he's waiting. And so now comes the woman, the Samaritan woman, right? And Jesus tells her, in verse 9, if you want to go to verse 9, you can go straight to verse 9. Jesus tells her, right? So the Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? Jesus just asked her for a drink. Now, for those who don't know, uh, Samaritans were, were, like, especially women, were like dogs. They were considered. Uh, unclean for that unclean is a good word and in fact if Jesus would have drank from she says why do you call why do you ask me because I'm you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan he said don't she knows that if he drinks from her cup he'll be ceremonially unclean that he she knows that and he knows that but he's the God that don't care he's the God. I'm not talking about messy miracles right you know getting his hands dirty to get some of you into his kingdom um, you, know, you know, he got his hands dirty when they made mud. And here, he's willing you know, they, they said, how can he hang out with those people? How can he let that woman touch him? He's the kind of guy that don't care about your class, your, your, your race, your lifestyle, where you come from, what you've done. He's the guy that will come in and wait and love you right where you are. Right where you are. You came here listening to worldly music, and he loves you right where you are. Some of you go to heaven you smell like hell. I ain't saying nothing. I'm just saying. Some of you smile, you know, you know what I'm talking about right I, i'm just saying i, I hope you know you're smoking that stuff right and, and, and check it out he don't care he don't care and for christians for people who know the lord we need to be like this with you we need to we need to wait and, and go where they go how will they know if we don't preach if it's us for no more the frozen chosen what do you think is going to happen to the world how will they know so he goes and he separates himself and he goes and he waits by the well because know he knows the woman is coming. And then he says, so they have this conversation and then he says, yes, yeah. he tells him, listen, if you knew who you're talking to, I would give you water and you would never have to come back to this well because you would have well of living water inside of you. Amen. Right? He tells him, he said, listen, if you do, so he said, for those who don't know Jesus, for those who do in religion, for those who might be in ministry who are not in a relationship, and you're thirsty still and you know you're thirsty by the things you do nobody got there's a lot of thirsty people they won't tell you they thirsty they actually they front the other way they'll throw your scripture he who the son sets free is free indeed and they're thirsty they dry inside and they'll know you know they'll worship they'll be the ones you know doing their thing they won't tell you they're thirsty and so so he tells if, if you knew the guy you knew and this is where another, let me just say, in verse, go, give me verse 25 and 26 real quick, all right? So he tells her, and she goes, and she, yeah, she goes, yeah, I know that you're a prophet. I see you're a man of God, you're a teacher. He says, yeah, I know. And many people say, oh, Jesus, many people think that we're the twisted ones, that we're the ones that are making Jesus something that he said he wasn't. They say, oh, you're making Jesus God. He never said he's God. It's y'all that say he's God. Right? So he says, oh, Jesus never said, you're the one that said he's God. You're the one that made him, made him an idol. You did what Jesus, what the Catholics did, we're, we're married. That's what they say, right? And so here, the woman said, I know that the Messiah called Christ is coming, and when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Now, check out what Jesus says. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. Now, this is very simple. Jesus is saying, I'm the Messiah. I'm the Christ. I'm the one that came to save the world. And you've seen me, you've seen the Father. We are one. He's, he's declaring his deity. He's declaring that I am the King of kings and the Lord of lords. That, that no one comes to the Father only through Jesus Christ. He's saying, it right, it's very clear in the scripture that Jesus is saying, I'm the one. It's not the dead. we are saying what he already said. We are proclaiming to the world what he already proved. And so so Jesus Christ is the Messiah. He's the one that can save you. He's the one that loves you. You Listen, if you come to church and have a great experience, you you gain nothing. But if you come to church and you surrender to Jesus Christ, a relationship with Jesus Christ, you gain everything. And, And part of these seven words, part of the seven words, I don't want to get too much into it. I don't want to get crazy. But when he said, it is finished, Pastor Gus preached on it yesterday. The devil's back was broken. It was done. After he took this little water, after he said, I thirst, he was ready to, you know, he had two more words and he was going to shut it down. He's going to drop the mic. Let's go. Right? And so so check it out. So it's very important, son, that, that he gives eternal security. Now, this is where it gets a little crazy. Because he gives people, where if you... For example, right, how many people are not scared here? And how many people are not scared? You're not scared when nobody thinks about you? Ain't nobody paying you rent, ain't nobody here help, you know. How many people here, and God forbid you was to die tonight? God forbid, I'm not speaking deaf on you. God forbid. How many people do not know for sure, for sure, without a shadow of a doubt, that you're going to heaven? How many people are not sure? Would you just raise your hand real quick? Just don't get scared. Raise your hand, okay, God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. Right, for those who don't know, Jesus says it is finished, right? He tells the thief on the cross, but you don't want to miss tomorrow. He's gonna to paradise is promised, right? So so what he's saying is if you receive me, right? Romans Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Christ is Lord raised from the dead, then you shall be saved. John 1 12, if you receive and believe Jesus Christ, you get a, He the right to become a child of God. Right? If anyone calls upon him, Lord, they shall be saved. If you if you accept Jesus Christ, Revelation says this, 320, behold, I knock, I knock, I knock. And for some of you, he's been knocking and chasing. His love has been stubborn, and you know it's been stubborn. He's been chasing you down. He's been relentless. He's not letting you go. You keep running, and he keeps chasing. And he's knocking. And once again, now you got some sweaty, fat, bald guy knocking, wearing pink foam pauses, knocking, <laughs> knocking, knocking, right? And he's saying, I, I, if, you, if you hear my knock and you open the door, if you open the door, He'll come in. And then Hebrews thirteen five says, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. I'll never, you'll leave me and you you some little shorty will come and you're gone. I know. Because you're that kind of dude. Right? You don't know who you are in me yet. Or some, and he said, so he gives security. He says, listen, if you receive and believe Jesus Christ, if you surrender into a relationship with Jesus Christ, now here's the problem. Too many people come to church and they come hang out with the pastor and we go eat sushi and we go over here, but you don't come to Jesus. And that's why you're thirsty. And, and he says in John 7, he says, man, I, I will allow a well of living water to be inside of you. If you come to Jesus and you relate to Jesus and you bring your brothers to Jesus and you talk to Jesus and you read the word. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. If you get into the word and you find out the mind of Christ and you find out what he did for Peter, he wants to do for you. And what he did for David, he wants to do for you. And what he did for the Samaritan woman, and check it out, the, the scripture, she goes home and turns the whole city upside down. The whole city, man, well, the love compels her, she, her thirst gets satisfied. Well, that's why you got Pastor Gus and Pastor Edwin and Sister Betsy and Louisa and Chris and all. because the love of they, they've been thirsty for so long, and they found a love that quenched their thirst. They're not spiritually yearning no more, longing and lusty. Their thirst has been satisfied. Check it out. The story with the woman of the world, it starts with water, but it ends with worship. Yeah, and I, you know, I got to go. <laughs> <laughs> but, but listen, you're thirsty here. And if you know that you're thirsty, I mean, if you know if there's something missing and you've you got problems and issues and you've been looking in all the world, man, surrender to Jesus. Stop running. Yeah. So Where are you going to go? And I, once again, on, on this Easter weekend, this Holy Week, he's knocking on your door. As the worship team comes up, he's knocking on your door. And he wants, he just said, listen, I love you. I, all this was for you. I thirst. I gave up, you know, compassion, mission, eternal security. He, he, he died for you. He loves you. And check it out. It's not just about heaven. It's not just about, okay, you receive Jesus Christ and you're going to heaven. Eternal security is wonderful. I'm glad I have hope in death. I'm glad that when I buried my mother, I didn't have to mourn like the world does with no hope. I'm glad that, that, that I'm going to see my mother again. I'm glad I'm, I have, you know, I have men of God that have portents in my life that I'm going to see them again one day. I'm glad for that. But that's, that's, that's half of the gospel. The other part of the gospel is that he came to give the abundant life here on earth. That he came, that, that be, as he completed his mission, he wants to send you on a mission. That every moment of pain, and every tear you cried, and every drop of blood, and every moment in jail, whether behind bars or in your mind, that he wants, to, he wants to redeem it. He wants to recycle your life. He wants to ransom. He wants to take the mess and turn it into a message. And he's saying, but, but the church can't do it. Well, I wish we could. And pastor wishes he could. But the pastor can't. Only Jesus. It's only Jesus. Listen, it's only Jesus. He's the only one that can heal Set the captives free. Redeem the lost. He's the only one. So as we close, I want to encourage you to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. If you're a believer here, it happens all the time. We get distracted. The enemy loves to distract us. You know, a distracted soldier. might know the rest of that? It's a dead soldier. He wants to, if he can't get you just to go back to the world, he just wants to distract you. So maybe you've been distracted. Maybe you've, whatever. It's time to come home and drink from the well. Jesus the Christ. Jesus the Christ. Maybe you got played by the devil. He gave you a Bible study and you fell astray. That's cool. Jesus is the God of another 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 chance and 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 another chance. And he's knocking.